You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. When I first started in the work of personal transformation, personal growth, I joined this company. At that time, it was a small, tiny company called Mind Valley, And now it's a big juggernaut. But at the time, when I first got introduced to them, it was also the first time I got exposed to the idea of an email list. I realized that Mind Valley's secret to success at the time was they managed and maintained a beautiful relationship with the database. And because they had a beautiful relationship with the database, with the number of people and the list of people that were on their database, they were able to constantly engage and re-engage with them in different capacities. So until the time I walked through the Mind Valley office doors, I had thought, because I come from an advertising background before that, I thought it was all about advertising. It's about how you can spend most money to get in front of people and get their attention is how you build your business, is how you build a brand. And once I got exposed to the idea of email list, I realized that that's probably one of the most powerful ideas that are the most underutilized also in any new or even a seasoned business. And so today, I wanted to share that idea with you and see how that really looks like for a new coach or even a seasoned coach on what a list is, what an email list is, how to really think about it, do you even want to think about it, and how to utilize it, how to build it. I want to explore those ideas with you from the lens of when I started independent of Mind Valley. So you see, there was a season in my life where I decided I don't want to be the CEO of Mind Valley, and I want to help people directly. I want to directly impact individuals. And for that purposes, I decided I want to be a coach. And again, this was because a lot of coaches had influenced my personal life, and I really thought that is a great way to contribute to society. And for that reason, I said, all right, I'm going to go out and venture out in this amazing business called coaching. And as I ventured into the business, I realized the greatest asset that I got to enjoy as CEO of Mind Valley doesn't exist anymore. Because while I was with Mind Valley, yes, I was building that business, but I had a database of millions of people that I could reach through a single email. Now, I had a massive list of zero people on my list. I had nobody that I had built a list for. I didn't have an email list. I didn't have a social media profile. I didn't have anything that could really get me traction or help me build my relationships further or even have a relationship with someone. And just like you, I didn't have that kind of money that I could just go out and buy a bunch of email addresses or go out and advertise a lot and so I could have a ton of people be on my email list and then I could start to communicate with them. So just like you, I was in a similar situation where I was transitioning from a career where I was, yes, wildly successful, but I couldn't carry forward any asset from that career because that list was owned by a different company. And yes, I had a little bit saved up money, but I didn't have the kind of capital that you need to go out in the world and start engaging people through ads. Also, I feel like, and relate with me if you feel the same, but I also felt like I was in an urgency. I was like, hey, listen, I need to get ahead now. I don't want to wait for one day to build an audience. I don't want to wait for my social media to finally work. I didn't have that patience. And I think it's important as a new coach or even a new entrepreneur for us to have that sense of urgency in our life. But I was 
feeling like that sense of urgency was also kind of something that was demotivating me because I was like, damn, I want to engage with my audience now. I want to serve my people like today. So I needed a list. And most importantly, I needed a list that was willing to buy from me. Because again, I was one of those people who just burned the boats. And I said, all right, I'm going to burn the boats. I'm going to go try this. Not recommended to everyone. And the reason I needed a list and I needed a buying list. And the reason for that was also because while I was safe in transitioning my career, I hadn't built enough income that I could just safely coast. I had kind of burned the boats. <laughs> and because I had burned the boats, I had no fallback. And so I needed to not only get a list, but I had to find a list of people that were willing to buy from me so I can keep expanding on my coaching business. And because this was the first time I was really going out with my name out in the world, I didn't know many things. And because I didn't know many things, even if I have a vast knowledge of business, I didn't know how to really get started in this field per se. It really sucked for a hot minute. It really, really was hard. And it got me to look at some of the assumptions that one makes when they think about a list. Some of the assumptions that you may be making right now as you think of the idea of list and it really gets us to waste a lot of time and a lot of energy as we are trying to build our business. So I want to bring your attention to what is it that's important. I want to give you exactly what I did. And I also want to give you some of the ideas that you could start to pursue today that should help you be able to firstly understand what is this whole list business? Why is it valuable? And most importantly, what you should do today or what you could consider doing today that would actually help you build your business. Before we get into when, what, where, I invite you to first understand why you need a list. See, most successful businesses, including coaching businesses, would maintain a list, a list of some sorts. This could be an email list, it could be a physical list, this could be a social media list, but you need to maintain a list. And the reason to maintain a list is so you can build a relationship. That's really the essence of building a list. It's a very important distinction to note in the business that you and I are in, which is of serving love and being able to create impact in people's lives, often the decision to purchase is often delayed. It's not something that's immediate. Like sometimes they might have a financial challenge. Sometimes they might have some other challenges. Maybe sometimes the clients are not ready right now, but they will be ready in time. But what you want to do as a coach is always be in the game of building relationships and furthering those relationships over a course of time. As you further relationships, as you build on those relationships, you will find that over time, these relationships may mature in business deals. Sometimes they mature into friendships. Sometimes they mature into clients. Sometimes they mature into referral of different clients. But the key is always to ask yourself that I am keeping this list so I can maintain a relationship. Let's take a real world example to really understand it. There are certain friends that you're really close to. You're in constant communication with them. And that is why that relationship is pretty strong. But then there are other friends that may not be that close to you, but you still maintain a relationship with them. Occasionally, you might invite them to a party. Occasionally, you might send them a note. Occasionally, you might just check in on them. That's relationship building. And that's what you do when you have a potential list of clients. You could use any software, any technology, any model to be able to build such a list, but you must build a list. To not have a list, of potential clients would be a disservice for a short term or long term of your business. So it's very important that if you haven't considered having and maintaining a list, that you re-inquire and consider having a list. And that's the first step that we need to take today is have you considered having a list? And again, that does not mean that you need some complex email software 
and an email nurture sequence. Now, lists could be as simple as 30 names on an Excel sheet. A list can be as simple as 100 names on a Google sheet. It could be as simple as your social media following and your daily interactions with them. It could mean that you have an email list as well. It could have any and many different forms. You just need to know what is your list, where is that list, and how are you building relationship with that list. Now, there are many ways of maintaining this list and maintaining this relationship. I'm going to focus my attention on maintaining an email list for the sake of this conversation. The reason is that even if you have 30 people, 40 people, 50 people that you may have one-on-one contacted, 100 people that you may have contacted one-on-one, often once the contact is done, we may enter it into an Excel database or worse, you just kept their visiting card and now you've lost it. But if you did maintain a good database on an Excel platform or any other software that you chose, but you never really sent them a communication, that's not a list. That's just contact information of a person on an Excel database. You've never communicated with them. You've never built a relationship with them. You have most likely just communicated with them and impressed them the first time that you spoke with them. And even when they were thinking about, I need a life coach or I need a health coach, I need a business coach, you're not top of mind for them because you never sent them an email. You never communicated with them. If you're not communicating with your clients, there's no reason for them to remember you. And when they do need help, they won't be able to recall who was that person that could really help me. And so, firstly, you want to take all those people that you interact with in different places and different situations and move them over to an email list. Now, this email list can sit on a simple platform like MailChimp, which I think is for free for the first thousand contacts, or it could literally be in your Gmail account. But you maintain it somehow. You are mindful to send them an email. You're mindful to give them relationship material so they can understand what you're thinking. They can think like how you're thinking. You are proposing interesting ideas to them, so you are top of mind for them. So firstly, you want to maintain an email list so you can maintain a relationship. The reason why I also propose an email list is because email by context is a business relationship. Mostly, the emails that we get in our inbox are business related. If you really look through your inbox, you'll be like, yep, most of the emails that I receive are business related. So the context that is set up is business related. Now, you can further this conversation by also texting if that's the kind of relationship you want to build with your clients, if it's an intimate relationship. But if not, email relationship is at least contextual to business and allows for you to go deeper in that relationship. Because it's email, you can actually be more frequent with that communication. You see, if it's text and I texted you all the time, you'll be annoyed. But if I email you all the time, you might open some of the emails that I sent. But I can communicate and my name can come in front of you more frequently. And that allows for us to build further relationship. Also, what I love about email is the control is in the hand of the receiver. The receiver can decide if they want to respond. The receiver can decide if they want to archive. The receiver can decide if they want to delete. The receiver can even decide if they want to unsubscribe. So it's a very pull kind of a communication. I'm not forcing them to look at my text. I'm not annoying them with my text. They can simply unsubscribe. The control is with them. So that's why I prefer email and I want us to set up that context and I want you to start building an email list even further than a list because email communication is much easier and more contextual and more powerful especially for the kind of businesses that we are in. And honestly, this building of lists or the approach to building lists is what really helped me to be able to maintain a wait list of clients. Because what I would do is I would go to events. This is how I enrolled clients first. I would go to events which were contextual to the industry that I was in. And while I would meet a lot of coaches and consultants, everybody was trying to enroll. Whereas I was trying to build a relationship. So usually what I would do 
is I would sit down with my potential clients. I would help them. I would try to get them a result. I would spend sometimes 30, 40 minutes, an hour with them just saying, hey, listen, I want to help out. And often when I would sit down with a client because of how I coached and how I was able to simplify their challenge, they were like, wow, man, that was really great. We should stay in touch. This allowed me to get their phone numbers and email addresses. And what I would do post that is, post the event, I would send something of note that I learned at that event. Once in every few weeks, I would send them an email about something that I was learning. I would write what I used to call white papers, which were my insights and downloads around an area that I knew were important to my potential clients. Like there was a white paper I wrote about team and culture. There was a white paper I wrote about 10x growth. There was a white paper I wrote about systems. And these white papers were basically my way of sharing insight and information and thoughts with these companies that I wanted to enroll. And as I would go to these different events, I would collect names and email addresses, names, email addresses, and phone numbers. And as I would get names, email addresses, phone numbers, eventually that list swelled to about 200 people. And they were getting emails from my Gmail. There was no software involved in this process. I would just send them an email once every couple of weeks, three to four weeks, as I prepared my next material, my next insight, I would just send them an email and say, hey, listen, I was writing this paper and I thought this would be helpful to you. Hey, I was working on this document. I thought you would like to read it. Hey, I was uh, working with this other client and this came up and I thought this would be a great insight for you. So all I am sharing is insights, information. I'm not being intrusive. I'm not asking for a sale. Now, most likely what would happen is as people start to get value out of it, even if they read through one of those documents, what would happen is they would go, wow, this is really good. Maybe I can use this help. And then they would reply to such emails and they would go, well, that was really great. Thank you for sharing with me. Let's get on a call, especially if I would touch a nerve that was important to them at the time, like a systems or team or culture, which were areas of my focus in coaching, marketing calendars, marketing, or having a system around marketing. And as I would get these replies, I would set up 30, 40 minute follow-up conversations with them and these 30, 40 minute conversations would lead us into an enrollment conversation or within that conversation, I would end up booking an intensive with them, which would be a two-day program that I would sell for $35,000. And I would say, hey, listen, we should do an intensive. Two days, this is what it's going to cost you. We should go in and I can work with you on all these different areas and we can solve this one problem for you during this intensive. Now, this intensive would be an opportunity for me to position my year-long coaching. And that was the power of the list. And it started with a simple interaction. And instead of taking a visiting card, I would give value, store information, and then keep giving value. And as I continued to develop this relationship, because I never stopped, even if the person had enrolled, I would still send them value. And people didn't enroll, and I would still send them value. What started to happen is I was getting more people wanting to work with me, either on intensives or one-on-one setting or year-long contracts than I could handle. And I had to then start what is called a wait list. Having a wait list is one of the most beautiful experiences as a coach. Can I tell you that? Because it was so beautiful for me to know that if tomorrow push came to shove, I needed money, I could enroll a client in a matter of weeks because I had four or five people waiting at all times to wanting to work with me and I didn't have space for them. It is one of the most amazing, nurturing, beautiful experiences because you feel like you'd really definitely must add value while people are waiting to work for you. Waiting to work for you. It is so amazing. So, that really gave me even more confidence in keeping to build this list. And as I was building this list, I also saw that because I had a wait list and because I could fill the amount of people that I could put through a coaching program and so forth, now I could afford to invest in ads. So now I was not going out in the world and meeting people. I was building a list through ads. 
And as you now invest in building a list through ads, now you have a bigger list. Now you have thousands of people on your list and you can always enroll from that database. So the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because sometimes people think, well, uh, building a list is for the rich. Like you need to have a lot of money to build a list because you have to spend a lot of money on ads to build a list. Sometimes people think, oh, you can only build a list if you have products to sell, like $100 products, $90 products, $500 products. Which is, these are all not true, by the way. This is not, it's not for the rich. It's not only if you have products. Sometimes people think and tell me, well, you need complex tech or you need a tech team to be able to build a list. You don't. You can start building a list on an Excel sheet and maintain it through a Google email account. And the biggest reason why we don't take action is because we think that building a list is about having hundreds and thousands of people on your list. That's not true. List has nothing to do with the size of the list. It's about the intent of why people are on your list. There are a lot of people on a lot of lists. They don't want to buy anything. They're not interested in when the person's selling. They're just on that list for the heck of it. You want to build a list of people who are interested in hearing from you. If you are on the Coach Ajit list, which is a list of people who are very interested in what I have to say from a content perspective, because there are new ideas they would like to hear from me and so forth, the open rate or the number of people who look at an email from Coach Ajit and open it is 50%, 53% precisely. 53% people would open an email that I sent to that list. That means that out of the 5,000 or so people that are on that list, 2,500 would open the email. Now, there's nothing to buy on that list because that's purely me writing, expressing myself through the form of writing and expanding on some new ideas, some ideas that I'm kind of fleshing out. Sometimes I'm not even sure, but I'm kind of testing out. It's a list that gets to experience ideas from the edge, from me. So, that's a high amount of people that open emails that I send out. And that is building a list for the future because these are people who are actually interested in my idea. So if tomorrow I had to sell something, these will be the group of people that would be the first set of buyers. So you always want to build a list with the intent of giving and adding value and adding resources and adding great change for them. And as you build this relationship with them, there will be time when they will be interested to actually purchase what you have to sell. Now, after speaking to a lot of coaches, I've realized why coaches resist building a list. Now, I want to see if this is one of the reasons why you have resisted until now building a list is firstly, and this is the funny one, where you watch the webinar and in the webinar, the person said you should build a webinar to build a list, the list that watches webinars. <laughs> and that kind of defeated the whole cycle for you. And you're like, well, I don't want to make a webinar. And now you're stagnant and you're stuck because you're like, well, I don't do webinars. And so that story kind of restricted that idea for you. There's that idea where you get to download a PDF where somebody tells you you have to make a thousand social media videos before you can do anything and build a list. And you kind of fall defeated because like, oh damn, I can't make even one. Forget about making thousands of social media videos. I don't want to do that, right? And the worst of it all is that you downloaded or heard someone who was very successful who told you, here's a hack to build a list. And you listened to the hack and you tried the hack and it didn't work. And it didn't work and you're like, damn it, list building is not for me, right? These are all internet marketing ideas. They have their place. There's nothing wrong with them being on the internet. But you must understand that you are not an internet marketer. If you're listening to this podcast, you identify as a coach. You identify as somebody who changes lives, who leads to transformation. Internet marketing may be a vehicle that you could use now or later in your life. But what you really do is coaching. People who are teaching you how to make a webinar, their whole point 
is to teach you internet marketing. They're not teaching you how to build a coaching business. They're not a coaching business themselves. So please do note who you're listening to. If you're listening to internet marketers, you will become an internet marketer. If you listen to coaches, you're more likely to become a coach. A coaching business is not built like an internet marketing business. You can use internet marketing as a channel, apps are freaking lootly, but that's not the only way. That's just one of the many ways. Possibly the most complicated way that you can choose to start your coaching business on. Now, at this point, you might feel like, Ajit, then what the heck do I do? And you might be feeling a little frustrated with me, right? So I want to firstly tell you that you potentially have been taught what list building is wrongly, that you've just understood list building wrong. You've understood list building from a lens of an already successful business and not as a business that is just starting out. And because of that, you're thinking list building is all about ads and webinars and funnels and all these complicated things that require time, effort, energy, and skill. Skill, most importantly, that takes so much time to build that skill. And you're thinking all of those need to come through for your list to be built. That's not how you start. That's how you may get there at one point and that you might hire a team to help you do that at some point, but that's not where you start. Also don't want to follow the strategy of somebody who has already won. The strategy that worked for me is a strategy that worked for me. You don't want to follow my strategy, you wanna follow my fundamentals. What was the fundamental that I used or fundamentals that I used to build my strategy? It's very different than the strategy itself because that strategy is specific to me. It comes from my own confidence, my own credibility, my own approach to business, my patience, the amount of time I could give, what family I have, how much income I need to generate, how does that flexibility come in? And because all these variables play in, the format that works for me, the exact strategy that works for me, may or may not work for you. But my fundamentals would, because fundamentals are like building blocks. If you get them right, you can build your own castle. So what I want to give you is these fundamentals. Fundamentals on how to think about building a list. So that way you can go, okay, this is what I'm trying to build and this is how I get to build it. Right? So the first fundamental is think about how many clients you want to enroll. Right? And this would really be subjective to how much money you want to make, what's your fee per client, and so forth. And if you don't have that clear, it's unlikely you'll pick the right list building model. Because what happens is if you start to deploy a strategy that helps you make millions of dollars, but you're trying to make your first hundred thousand, you're gonna burn through all the cash that you have. Because you're trying to build something that is not even congruent with what you actually need right now. So first of all, ask yourself, how many clients do you even want to enroll? Are you trying to enroll thousands of clients? Are you trying to enroll five clients at 10,000 each? So firstly, answer that question. I knew that very clearly. I knew that I needed five clients a year at 50,000 a year. That's all I needed. I needed to enroll five clients at 50,000 a year. These were business coaching clients. So it was very much in congruence with affordability. It also helped me understand where would I find such clients, right? So firstly, identify how many clients you need to enroll. Then the second question you need to ask is, how many interactions does it take for you to enroll a client? So say, for example, you enroll one of 10 clients, right? One of 10 interactions that you have. By interaction, it means enrollment conversations or discovery calls. So if one of 10 will say yes, ask yourself, how many interactions do I need? So if you needed to enroll 10 clients and you enrolled one out of 10, well, you need 100 interactions. And by interactions, like I said, these are discovery call enrollment calls, right? So these interactions, which means you need 100 interactions for you to be able to enroll your 10 clients. Now, based off of that, I want you to ask how many people you need to communicate with for you to have these interactions. Interactions are one level deeper, right? These are places where you are enrolling them or you are taking a deep dive with them. You're doing a discovery call with them. 
Communication is you prospecting. You're just communicating with people. Like you're looking for potential clients. Now let's say one in 10 of communications lead to an interaction. So then you want to know, okay, how many communication points do I need to have? Well, if you want to have 10 interactions, you need to communicate with 100 people, which also means if you want 100 interactions, you need to communicate with 1,000 people. Now, if I was to go back to the math that we had before, which is you wanted to enroll 10 clients, you needed 100 interactions, it means you needed 1,000 communication points for you to be able to get your 10 clients. Communication is easier. Communication is saying, hey, how are you? Let's talk for 10, 15 minutes, figure out if you're in the right vibe. Let me see if I can move you along, right? Let me see if I can move you into an interaction. Or if not, I'll add you to my database. I'll add you to my list because I am going to nurture you. I'm going to build a relationship with you. And one day, I will move you to an interaction. Now, when you're communicating with people, you want to also lean in with what is it that I need to communicate or how is it that I need to communicate? What frame of mind I need to be in when I'm communicating with people? It's a very important question that nobody answers. We just go into an event or a seminar room or go to a meeting and we just start talking. We just chit-chat with people. It doesn't help you enroll. It doesn't help you move along the communication. You need to be intentional. You need to think about, hey, what should be my state? What should be their state? What is it that they should feel like when they're interacting with me? What is it that I can do to help them win that they can take this communication and convert it into an interaction where they're interested in what I have to say next. When you start focusing on these things, you would realize that your interactions or your communications get better over time. And as they get better over time, you start asking yourself the question of, okay, how many communications do I need to do? And how can I do them most easily, right? Because it's difficult while you're sitting on a day-to-day -day basis inside your home trying to go, how do I find these people? It's hard, but you can set up containers and contexts of different events and meetups and conversations and meetings that you could take at companies and at different places. And those create certain communication points. And these communication points, when they are intentional, create interaction points. So you want to think about how can I increase the frequency and intensity of these communication points so I can have more interactions. So with these fundamental blocks, you would go, oh, okay, so fundamentally what I'm really doing is I'm trying to increase the frequency of communication, having more and more communication so I can have an intentional conversation that can lead to an interaction, have a further intentional interaction, and turn that interaction into a potential client or a client itself. And if nothing else happened, every person that gets on this list gets some piece of communication from me every few weeks. Now, if you notice, the structure that I just gave you is independent of any niche that you might be in. You might be in the business niche, you might be in leadership, you might be in life coaching, you could be in health coaching, you could be in well-being coaching, you could be in any type of coaching. It's independent of that. It's just a straightforward structure that applies to any field, any type of coaching that you might want to do. It also fundamentally relies on something that is beautiful about human beings, and that's relationships. We build relationships. And if we can build a relationship, it is going to nurture both sides equally. It may lead to a potential client, but it will definitely benefit both the parties. And it also does this very important thing, which is to take you out from thinking mode to doing mode. Most of the coaches create these stories and scenarios in our head because we're sitting idle and we're not taking enough action. And because we're not taking enough action, we're creating these scenarios, which are the worst case scenarios that honestly never really happened. I coach and train so many coaches pretty much every week. And every week I would hear some coach come up with a hypothetical scenario that is so extreme. And I would be like, has that ever happened to you? 
Because in real world, such things don't happen. And when you get into actions, you see the real world is actually much simpler than what you make it out to be. The edge cases are literally that, edge cases. They happen one in 30, 40 times. You don't necessarily have to be concerned about it. And the best thing that happens when you follow these fundamentals is you get such a good information about who, when, where, and how to interact with a potential client. See, every single time you go with the mindfulness of how am I going to approach the interaction? What should be my state? What should be the state of the person that I'm interacting with? How am I going to benefit them? How are they going to benefit? How is it at the end of the conversation they will feel like they win? Every single time you have a conversation and you reflect on that point, the next conversation gets better. And the next conversation gets better. And the next conversation gets better. And slowly but surely, you become incredibly confident as a person and certain as a person. You know exactly who you're serving, how you're serving, and how much time it is going to serve them. So you end up creating results at a much faster pace. With that in mind, remember to first start by thinking how many clients do you want? You want to be very mindful of how many potential clients or interactions do you need to be able to enroll a client? How many communication points do you need to have enough interactions? How are you going to show up in a communication? Where are you going to show up in a communication? What is the outcome that a person should experience when you're having an interaction? As much you answer these questions clearly, the easier it gets for you to build a list. Because you're not approaching a person from the point of view of, I'm going to sell them something. You're approaching them from a point of view of saying, I'm building a relationship here. I'm going to help build a relationship here. I'm going to communicate with them in a way where it builds a relationship between us. And that helps you build a beautiful list in a very organic way that is of potential buyers. It's not just a list of random people on your database. This is people that you have interacted with that are willing and are interested in the field of work that you're in and are more likely to buy. Now, there are some subset questions that come up when somebody's thinking about these questions. And one of them that I often get is, how big is, should be my list? As big as it can be. But no list is small either. So it doesn't matter if you only have 30 people on your list. It is okay because that's where you are right now. And it also doesn't make much of a difference if you have 3,000 on your list or 30,000 on your list. You still treat them as a relationship. You still add more value to them than the requests that you have for buying something or amount of times you make an offer. If you're on our list, you see that you get so much valuable content for absolutely free week after week, every single week. That's because we know if we continue to build this relationship with you, including this podcast, when you will be ready, you may consider us as one of the providers for the right kind of education and service that you need. And that's pretty much it. Until then, we will still help you as much as possible that we can by giving you just great free value. Another question that I get very frequently is, when do you know if what you're doing is working? Well, till the time you are having people give you their contact details and open your emails when you send them or reply to your emails when you send them, you're doing great. Enrollment sometimes is easy, sometimes it's complicated, so that may not be the truest measure of what you're doing is working or not. But till the time your interactions are going good, the kind of people that you're talking to are the right kind of people, they're coming onto your database, they're willing to open your emails, they're willing to reply and communicate with you, you're probably doing the right thing. So I want you to consider building a list. I want you to consider building an email list. And I want you to consider building this email list for the sake of relationship. And as you continue to invest in these relationships, I want you to notice how these relationships turn into partnerships or clients. And with that, if you have a friend that is concerned and doesn't know what to do about this email list or list business, 
I invite you to share this episode with them. It might help them really resolve that challenge that they might have in their mind and be able to think about it a little bit more clearly. Maybe you want to share your notes also with them so that way both of you can hold each other accountable for building this list because sometimes, you know, we can all use an accountability partner or an accountability coach. If you found value in today's episode, I really, really, really recommend that you go ahead and submit a review. Give us a five-star and leave us a note that tells us that this episode was valuable for you. When we read your reviews, when we read your comments, it tells us that we should produce more content of a particular type. So your reviews are important to us. Your notes are important to us. And if for any reason you decided not to subscribe until now, I invite you to just hit that button and subscribe to this podcast so you can get a notification every single time we post a new episode. I intend to provide so much more value week after week. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Coach Ajit, and you're listening to Master Coaching with Ajit.